Welcome to the She is Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Laura McLean, and I will be interviewing unstoppable women who are doing big things, making a massive impact, and changing the world. I hope you are ready to be inspired and start going after your biggest dreams. They said she would never make it in this world, but she definitely proved them wrong. Rosanna Sales was told she could never get into extreme sport photography, and when she did, she was told that she didn't belong there. Rosanna is the 2017 PRCA Photographer of the Year, three-time Wrangler National Finals Rodeo Photographer, four-time Ram National Circuit Finals Photographer, and the host and co-producer of the upcoming TV show, Grit and Glory. Please welcome my next guest, Miss Rosanna Sales. Hi, Rosanna. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm Thanks so for glad. Having me. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad to have you on today. I'm excited. I have loved following your journey for the last several years. Mm. If I remember correctly, I was in a wedding 2012, I believe in Farmington, I was in a wedding that you shot. So Mm -hmm. that was what, 12, 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's been a hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) It has been a hot minute. So a lot has changed for you since those days of being a portrait and wedding photographer. So why don't you tell me just how you got into becoming a photographer and then we'll start talking about how you niched it down. I always loved photography. Basically, I think I was about around 12 years old and my mom gave me my first camera Um, and that was on the farm. And I think they were pretty much trying just to get me outside and go do something and get out of their hair. So um, I ended up falling in love with it and I would make my brother go in the back pasture and he'd jump rocks on the dirt bikes and make my cousins model for me. And I just kind of took off from there. And then I went to school for it and I had a professor, I wanted to do extreme sports. I knew that. And I had a professor tell me I'd never shoot extreme sports. And I was like, why not? (laughs) He's like, well, he said, 80% of you aren't even going to use your photography degree. He's like, and the other 20% typically fall into the wedding and portrait world. And I was like, well, Okay. And I was like, well, I'll do it. I said, I might not be able to do it right away. I said, I'll figure it out, you know? And he's like, no, like very discouraging. So, um, I ended up coming home. We had some things going on with family. So I came to come and help, um, on the farm for a little bit. And then, um, I kind of just fell into the wedding and portrait world because that's where the money was and kind of how it happened. And then I actually really enjoyed doing it for well the portraits and like newborns and stuff for a bit and then I got really burnt out in the wedding world I did about that for about 10 years and it just got to be a lot and then our local rodeo in Moses Lake Washington um I knew the lady who did the marketing and so I had asked her there's any way I could try and shoot the rodeo and she's like well um I actually need some help Um, but you're going to have to basically hand everything over. I'm like, that's fine. I just want to try it out. See if I, it's something I even interested in doing. And I shot that first night of the rodeo and I came home and told my husband, I'm like, this is what I need to be doing. I'm like, this is where I belong. He was like, uh, okay. (laughs) I was like, no, you don't understand. I have no idea how to make any money doing this, but I'm like, this is where I belong. Like, I just know this is what I need to do. 
And so he's like, well, figure out what you need to do. And he's like, and make it happen. And very supportive and just kind of, I don't think he realized just what I was getting myself into, but I looked into what I needed to do. And there's all these requirements for the PRCA and for filling your card is what they call it. So you get your permit and you have to shoot so many rodeos, daytime, nighttime, indoor, outdoor, get letters of recommendation from photographer of the year. And then a photographer who's been in the PRCA for 10 or more years. So it's a, it's a big process. And when you don't have a rodeo name and are in this world, it's kind of hard when people are like, who the hell are you? Like, yeah, where'd you come from? So I definitely kind of hit the ground running and put a little air mattress in the back of my Yukon and slept in the back of my Yukon at these rodeos and just try and chase the rodeo circuit up here as much as I could. Yeah. Just kick it and scream it basically. <laughs> and then that so year, what year was that? Um, that was in 17 in 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I got my card. Well, I started at the tail end of 16 is when I shot my very first rodeo, but then it was like at the end of the rodeo season. So I only got like a couple in and then that's when I found out. I went to the NFR for the first time, the national finals rodeo with one of my best friends and watched it from like 10 rows of the nosebleed section, you know, we we're way up there. And so that was my first experience with the NFR. And I looked down there and I was like, I'm going to be down there one day. And she's like, okay. And I, I'm like, no, I'm serious. I'm going to be down there. She's like, let's do it. I was like, oh, okay. And I got home from Vegas and I printed off a little, they do the back numbers for all the contestants. And I printed off a little um, NFR back number and I put it on my wall where I looked at it every morning when I woke up. And so I knew, okay, that's my goal. And I applied for my permit. I had to get my rodeos in and they liked my portfolio, got my permit and chased the circuit. And 17 was a whirlwind. So got my permit. And then I ended up getting selected to shoot the NFR in 17 and got photographer of the year that same year. So the same year that you sat in the nosebleeds and said, I'm going to be down there one day. Yeah. That following year. So that next December I was down there and my goal was five years. And I would tell people like, yeah, in, in five years, I want to, I want to be down there. And they, some people would just laugh and like, good luck. Yeah. Good luck to you. And I was just like, okay, these people think I'm crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> and I had a five-year goal. So getting selected, I wasn't even going to apply in 17 because I didn't, I didn't think that it was even a possibility. And um, somebody had told me like, no, you need to apply. And so I was like, okay, I mean, I guess it's worth a shot. <laughs> and just good experience to apply and figure out how the process works. And so that I applied for behind the scenes that year and got it. And it was just amazing and overwhelming and exhausting and exciting. Everything, you know, all the, everything all in one (laughs) is behind the scenes different than the being in the arena. Yes. So they have two in the arena and at Thomas and Mac, you're very limited when you're in the arena. It's a, it's a very small arena for how big of an event it is. Um, and you don't really realize just how small it is when you're watching on TV until like you're actually there. But the in the arena photographers kind of have to be in these two corners during these these you know certain events, and then they can go to the other two corners um, during the other events, and they're kind of just stuck there. The behind the scenes can all over Thomas and Mac, um, you know, 
they can go up top. They can, you know, be, there's little nicks and crannies you're trying to look in and getting the audience reaction and find finding like the family members and getting the Cowboys getting ready in the back alleys and the celebrations and, um, you know, them powdering up their, their hands, their ropes and all of that stuff, more of the editorial stuff. Um, and that's the part I love. I love telling that story because it's the stuff the people in the seats don't get to see and coming into this industry, not being a part of it. I didn't realize just how much went on behind the scenes. And so that's why I'm like, how amazing of all this stuff that goes on and all these people sitting in the seats have no idea unless they're a contestant, you know? So I think that's why I love the behind the scenes so much is I want to share that story and show that I want somebody to feel something and that emotion when they're looking at my images. And we'll share all that at the end, but you do feel the emotion whenever some of your photos, you get goosebumps looking at them. You're like, that is insane to see that and to watch that. You do tell a story really well with your photography. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. So just a recap here. You shot portrait and wedding for like 10 years. You have a Mm -hmm. professor. He tells you you're never going to make it in the extreme sport world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, you shoot your first rodeo in 2016. You say like, this is what I meant to do. Yeah. Following year, you are behind the scenes at the NFR, which is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a lot of women, right? That have there, been there's been more women behind the scenes, not as many women in the arena. In the um, arena. In the arena, I believe I was like the second or third woman in the arena, but it has been probably a decade since there was a woman in the arena. And then when I shot it is when the year they had to move it um, to Texas because of COVID and the, we, it was me and another photographer, Elena Stangle. And it was the first time there was two females in the dirt. So So me and her were in the arena in the dirt. Okay. So that's, so I jumped ahead, didn't I? So oh, in 2017, you were behind the scenes. What year mm-hmm. were in 2020, then you were in the dirt? Mm-hmm. 2020 in the dirt. And then 2021, I applied for behind the scenes again, because we were back at the Thomas and Mac. For me, I liked shooting in the arena um, when we were in Texas, just because it, there was just, it's a hu- was a huge arena, so much more you could do. At Thomas and Mac, I really don't have like the urge to want to shoot in the arena there just because you are very like restricted to where you can go because it's so small. So I think that's why I love shooting behind the scenes at Thomas and Mac. And it's very challenging because it's a very dark arena. So it's a very challenging thing to shoot. And I, I like being challenged like that. So what was it like for you? What's it been like for you and probably still like for you today to be a woman in this world? Oh man, starting out, it was definitely rough and some people had warned me like you're gonna have to you know get some thick skin on you in this industry and I am not a thick-skinned person so I was sitting here like oh my gosh like this is this is scary (laughs) and uh I'm kind of like everybody loves everybody let's help people and and just get excited about other people's accomplishments and then I'm like you know very naive going to one of my first rodeos and it was like, and I got told this is my arena little girl. And I'm like, but is it your arena? How does this work? (laughs) So then it was trying to navigate through all that and 
figure out all the different roles and how things worked. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm not trying to take anybody's job. I'm just trying to fill my permit at this time and just to try and get the experience. And I, uh, from the very start was like, if I am ever in the position to be able to help somebody in this industry, I'm going to make sure I'm helping them or at least give them the time of day to let them talk and say what they need to say. Because there was people who wouldn't even, you know, return any phone calls or emails for me if I had questions, wouldn't even talk to me. There are some great people in the industry, but there definitely were some, you know, sour apples in the bunch for sure. So, so 20, did I miss anything in 2018 and 2019? I know I jumped ahead there. Well, and so 2017, I was kind of on this high and then 2018, I applied again and I did not get it. And I was crushed. Like I thought, oh my gosh, like what, what did I do? And I just felt so defeated. I thought I didn't do well in 17 at the NFR. I thought maybe they weren't happy with what, you know, I, I got and I just, all this stuff went through and I started, maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be, you know, started second guessing everything. And then I found out there was some people that probably made it so that I wouldn't get selected. I mean, not saying that it wasn't all just because of my work. I'm sure I could have done better. But I did find out that there was, I had some roadblocks for sure that were trying to make sure I, you know, that didn't think I belonged there in 17. And so they didn't think I deserved, you know, got to be there just because I didn't put my time in. It can be a very good old boys club. And some people think that, you know, you need to shoot for 10 years before you can be awarded anything or anything like that. So how did you dust it off and get back out there and decide this is what you were going to do? I just kind of had to have a little come to Jesus moment with myself. And I kind of reassessed everything. And I was like, you know what? I was like, if I just gave up all this hard work, it would have been for nothing all the time away from my family and time on the road. And if I just stopped now, then what was all that hard work for? And so I kind of reassessed everything and, and made myself some new goals. And then in 19, I didn't even apply. I didn't apply. And and then I had all these phone calls like, why aren't you applying? We want you to apply. And I was like, no, I'm I'm not going to put myself through that again. And I was just kind of not going to do it. And I had booked things in Vegas during NFR. And so I was still a part of it and, and did some other shoots and shoots for boutiques and some stuff over there and enjoyed it still and just kind of worked on staying in my own lane and worrying about my own work. And not everybody else around me. Because I think social media makes it so hard sometimes. And you get so wrapped up of like, oh my gosh, this person's doing that. And this person's doing this. Or their work's better than mine. Or their work, I don't feel like their work's as good as mine. But they're getting to do this, you know. So it's so easy to get wrapped up in that. And so I had kind of pushed the reset button and thought, now I feel bad because I don't, I feel like I'm not active on other people's social media for them that are like people are very supportive of mine. So I do feel guilty for that, but I have to basically post what I need to post and get off because I will just sink into this hole and start comparing myself to other people. And that's just my personality. And I start thinking, oh, this person was more deserving. This person has great work and they were more deserving than I was. And then I, or, you know, and then I start putting myself down. And so I found out I just need to put whatever I need to post on there to keep my work out there and active and get off. I can't consume myself in that. So I kind of reset myself with that. And I think that helped and took a step back in 19. And then I applied in 20 and 21 and shot in the arena in 20 behind the scenes in 21. And then took a step back this year, didn't apply working for Kimes Ranch Jeans while I'm down there 
uh, and doing some other fun projects as well. Just you did had not a lot apply this on. year. No, I did not. So 2020 was your first year in the dirt. Yes. So what was yeah. that like taking that first step? Oh, that was, that was just amazing as it's, you know, with the whole thing, it was in a whole different arena. So it was new to everybody because of COVID we were in Texas and, you know, in a ballpark, we were in a baseball field that they made turned into a rodeo arena. And so it was just, it was new for everybody, for everybody, the production side of it, for the contestants, like it was just a whole different experience. So it was exciting to be like, you know, I'm not sure if we'll ever get to go do that again. So to be one of the the few of having the opportunity, but it, it was really neat. And even with COVID filled the stands up pretty good, you know, they had some limitations and it was nerve wracking. You didn't want to get sick because you'd get sent home. And so it was like all this other pressure and you'd, we'd shoot and then go straight back to our hotel and they'd have random screenings where people would get tested for COVID. And so there was, I think two or three contestants that ended up having to go home. So to think about that and their lives just getting, you know, working so hard and to get to that point and then get sent home, like a, that's just heartbreaking. And then I thought, what if me or my assistant tests positive and then we have to go home and then what, you know, so that was, that was a little stressful on that end, but it was just really just a great opportunity. And I'm really grateful. I got kind of pushed to apply for in the arena. Cause I didn't want anything to do with the arena. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm good with being, you know, behind the scenes. And somebody just really was like, you need to apply to be in the arena. Like, do you think they, you'll do it again? I don't know if I will apply for in the arena. I'll definitely apply for behind the scenes again. I'll probably apply next year. I guess it depends on where things are going because I have a lot of big projects happening. And that's another reason I didn't apply this year. I just have a lot going on. So so let's talk about the big project. <laughs> yeah. So Wild Rides TV. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me about that? So it's a new network starting up um, January 1st. So basically, um, just like any of your other apps, you know, you can do, get it on your Roku or Fire Stick or whatever. That's starting January 1st. And I will have a series on there called Grit and Glory. So I'll be following people in the Western, right now in the Western industry. We might open it up to more, but basically showing everything that it takes for them to get to these like glory moments. They spend lots of time away from home, lots of time on the road, you know, flat tires, things going wrong and hotel rooms or sleeping in their car, having a bad ride or bad run and, and then having to pay, you know, they're one of the few contestants that have to pay to compete. And so it's like all this money that goes into it, but everybody in the stands sees the glory side and they see like this, these cowboys and cowgirls ride and what a glamorous life they live, but really it's a lot of hard work. And that's what I'm trying to show is all that side. So I'll be traveling around with some people. And so people get a little inside scoop of what it looks like. So have you been shooting for that already or Um, we're going to start in, um, we're going to shoot some down in Las Vegas during NFR. We have a couple of people we're going to be following down there. And then I will shoot, be shooting some more come January. That is so exciting. I can't wait for that. Are you excited yeah, about I'm, that? 
I'm excited and very nervous because I definitely like to be on the other side of the camera, like behind the camera, not in front of it. So, and they want me when I was approached for this project, um, it was because I'm doing a behind the scenes coffee table book. So that same concept, but with pictures. And they said, we really like this concept and we want to turn it into a TV series. And I was like, Oh, okay. And they're like, but we want you to be the host and, you know, and all that. And I'm like, me, <laughs> like, I don't do in front of the camera, you know, I'm like that. And so they like, yeah, we're going to have you mic'd up and this. And I'm like, there's going to be a lot of beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, I get in some sticky situations sometimes and I can't control what comes out of my mouth. It'll be interesting for sure. So this, this whole year we'll be taping um, this coming year. And so it'll, should be fun, but Lots and then of, you plan to pick back up with the coffee table book at some yeah, point. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be kind of coinciding together. Oh, good. Um, and then like so, at the end of each episode, they're gonna show pictures from my adventure with that person at the end. So you'll get to see a little snippet of images that might be in the book at the end of each episode of so of things. So they'll be shooting. It'll be me, the contestant, or whoever I'm following. Um, it could and then. Uh, one or two cameramen coming around and so we'll both be mic'd up and then they might we'll do some interviews with them as well and so it should be fun yeah that is so exciting I can't wait I'm not big in the western world but I am gonna have to watch this for sure yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll be fun for sure I'm I'm excited I'm hoping to open it up more later on and maybe even like in the music industry or anybody, you know, that has all this other stuff that goes on. And then you just see this, you know, most people only see the the light part of it. Um, we so. talk about that a lot and you know, you're a small business mom and all mm -hmm. the entrepreneurs we've had on so far or through the years of me having this platform, just the stuff that goes into it. It's just, there's so many people often say it's overnight success. Mm -hmm because they never see all the downs or all the hard times. And so mm. I would say that it may be nothing like the Western world <laughs> or yeah. rodeo or musicians, but there are just to get to that glory. There are so many hard times along the way. There's a lot of bumps in the road. Yeah. The way I explain it, because that's kind of how I felt for myself in 17, because I didn't have a rodeo name or, you know, and then all of a sudden I, for some of these guys, I came out of nowhere and I was shooting the NFR and got photographer of the year. And so I feel like they were like, where the hell did she come from? Like, who is this? We have some rookie out here that doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't deserve it. Um, I got told, you know, I didn't, I hadn't earned it because I didn't put my time in, um, you know, just, I hadn't paid my dues, all, all this stuff. But it's like the way I explain it is people looking at a house it's beautiful on the outside, but there was a lot of time that they had to level, level the, level the dirt, put the foundation, you know, you got to let that foundation set and then you're putting up the frame and then putting it, you know, there's a lot of things that go to make that house nice and strong to weather all the storms that come through. And so that's why I feel like nobody sees the foundation I laid and all the hard work and stuff I had done before. Like I worked hard to get where I was just because they didn't see the work and don't know my background because a lot of times I don't share certain things. It doesn't mean I didn't put the work in. Right. Yeah. They just see the house all of a sudden that's there on the lot because they weren't paying attention driving by every day. Right. So 
So you probably also have some extra motivation at home because mm -hmm. you have two little girls watching you all the yes. time. My so, little cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> Are they always cheering you on? Oh yeah. And in ways like times I don't even realize. And I, and I know we all get that mom guilt. I get it a lot because I am on the road a lot and um, people ask me, you know, don't you miss your family or how do you do that? Like, why don't you bring your girls or, you know, stuff like that. And I try to, you know, bring them every once in a while, but they have their lives too. They're, they play competitive softball. And so I can't just take them because they're, you know, playing tournaments most of the time um, as much as they would love to come with me. And when I'm working at a rodeo, I'm in the arena for two, three hours. I can't be paying attention where my kids are. Um, I've tried that before and it's not safe for anybody because I'm constantly in the arena looking over my shoulder, trying to see if I see them and, and my head's not right. And my head's not where it needs to be. It's not safe for me. And then I could be missing shots that I should be getting because I'm worrying about my kids. And so we have tried some things, but it, it, it's not ideal. But they definitely are my biggest cheerleaders. It takes a village for sure. My parents are a big help. Uh, my husband's amazing. And they just, yeah, they're great. We went to my daughter's school to watch her play volleyball. And my husband's walking in the hallway and see they have little career day flag things. And our oldest, Annabella, she put, you know, said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, like my mom, a rodeo photographer. And I was like, <laughs> my heart like melted. Cause I hadn't, you know, she'll say things, you know, every once in a while, but I didn't realize she just really wants to do that and looks up to it. And, and she's always so cute and like, mom, I'm so proud of you. And it's so neat. You work so hard. And so that really helps with the whole, you know, it is hard to be away, but we're raising some very strong, independent and, adaptable little girls because they, you can kind of throw anything at them and they're like, oh, okay. You know, and they're almost nine and 12 and they're pretty independent and can do things. And we can ask them, Hey, we need you to get this, this, and this done. Or my 12 year old wakes herself up for school every morning. I know there's not a lot of 12 year olds that get themselves up and get ready for school all by themselves. Like their parents are the ones trying to get them out of bed all these times. So they do really well. And I think Part of that is because of me having to be gone and on the road, they've learned to be independent and be just responsible, I guess. And to be able to watch you do, I mean, you made this dream for yourself, even though you were told you couldn't do it. And then they got to watch you do it. Mm -hmm. And then you had some moments of major doubt where you were questioning what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And then you overcame that and they got to watch you do that. They've got to watch you win these big awards that people said were not made for you. I would say just them getting to witness that helps. Yeah. Too. They're, they're very proud of me, which I always feel like should be the other way around. Like I'm proud of them, but it is neat. And I feel like they are seeing that they're seeing all the hard work and I want them to know like they can do anything that they put their minds to. And so I, they definitely have seen me come, you know, through all my ups and downs and, yeah, it's it's just neat knowing that they are watching and they are paying attention. A lot of times you think your kids aren't paying attention, but they they really are. They're little sponges for sure. So does your 12-year-old have her first camera yet? 
Oh yeah, she does. Um, she wants to go with me on the road and she, and obviously there's some rules and things to keep people safe. So I can't just take her everywhere. I'm hoping this coming summer, I'll be able to like bring her on a couple, but like I said, she plays competitive softball. So that makes it hard to get her away from that in the summertime as well. What is a typical year? How many rodeos? I think this last year I shot 15 rodeos and 90 something performances, like rodeo performances, which is a lot. Yeah, Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) And they're all over where? Mm -hmm. Um, I went to Texas, California, Oregon, Idaho, Washington, I think is mostly of what I, oh, South Dakota, but I've gone all the way to Florida. You know, I've, I've been kind of everywhere. So wherever the wind blows. <laughs> right. A full year for sure. Are they mm-hmm. excited to see you on TV? Oh yeah. They've been waiting to, they're like, can we tell our friends yet? You know, I was like, we need to get some things lined up and stuff like that. And I was like, so we need to wait. And, um, they, they're just could this coming week, I guess this last week I told them, okay, if you guys want, you can tell your friends now. And they're like, oh my gosh, I saw it. You know, so they're, they've just been like waiting and I'm going to do one of the episodes where they're going to interview the girls. So they're super excited about that. Oh, <laughs> so that should be interesting. Yes. That's so exciting. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So why don't you, I want you to say TikTok for sure, because I think you have some really good videos there, but why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you? Uh, well, my website is just rosannasales.com. And then um, most of my stuff on Instagram and TikTok is just Rosanna Sales Photography or Rosanna Sales Photo. My TikTok definitely shows more of my more sillier side, I guess, nerdy side. Uh, and then my Instagram is most of just like my work and everything. But I try to keep it light on um, TikTok and just have fun with it. And it is fun. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoy seeing your TikToks. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting today. And I will post everything in the show notes, but I think we're all going to look forward to watching you this next year. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. (laughs) Thanks, Rosanna. Thank you for tuning in to the She is Unstoppable podcast. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review. My two boys are tracking downloads and reviews with a sticker chart, so your support will definitely bring a lot of joy to my home. For more information and resources, be sure to visit our website at www.lauramcleanandco.com. That's where you find everything for She is Unstoppable and Small Business Moms. We also have a personal development and business book club, a membership, and a t-shirt club. And I would love for you to join if you are interested in growing with an amazing group of like-minded women. Until next time, don't forget, you are unstoppable.